0: If you have ever had a chance to look into a microscope and see all the activity in a tiny drop of seawater,
1: then maybe you have been in awe. Or you stood before the vast Atlantic Ocean to see a magnificent sunrise over the horizon. Then, maybe again, you have been in awe.
0: Well, today on In Awe by Bruce, we are very happy to have with us John Katov, a former senior advertising and marketing executive who's used his 30 years of experience to develop and expand community services and commercial innovations, showing communities how they can invest their relational assets to improve the lives of themselves and the people around them. Now, I'll have John define uh, relational assets here in just a minute for us. But this is an ability that he has and brought about to draw communities closer together and help those around them, as well as helping the people that are involved in doing this. Uh, to do it, he founded the Open Table and recently expanded it with the community convening. John, I'd like to welcome you to In Awe by Bruce. Thanks for being on. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you. John, you know, let's just start right off at the beginning of what in the things that you were doing all of a sudden sparked this inspiration for you to uh, make this movement towards helping communities draw together like this?
1: Well, I think, Bruce, that I would say that it was an unexpected, unplanned, at the time almost unwanted moment when I had a collision with a man experiencing poverty and a man and so many others I drove by all my life with indifference. This was a mission down to a homeless shelter. Uh, here in Phoenix and I think at the time we were under the impression that um, 30 grams of fiber in an energy bar w- was all that people really needed. Yeah. And I think that in our society, because those of us not experiencing poverty often feel that we have all the solutions mm-hmm. and we know what people in poverty need or we've made a judgment about why they're there, we rarely take the opportunity to go and ask this one question. What do you need? And Mm -hmm. I think that if we were to ask people experiencing poverty what they need, and we really heard what was in their mind and in their heart, it was, hey, I need you. I need what you know. I need who you know. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing that we ever deliver. We send all of our stuff, but we just never send ourselves.
0: What you're saying there reminds me of what the Apostle John said, or maybe it was James, I'm sorry, that, uh, you know, be warm, be filled. (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I, I I think that's a great point, and I would say that in Acts, it's always talked about. doesn't mean that we have to give everything away. Mm, and I, right. I, I think the real lesson is, if we think about, if we did give everything, what would be left, and it would be us. Mm. And I think that the scripture is saying, think about all of the wealth you have internally, and what you've learned, who you know, and the relationship that, that you can give. And I, I think that Jesus teaches probably the most important part of this, and I always think about uh, the parable of the lost sheep. This guy is running into the night, and, man, it's, it's so exciting to see that he rescued the sheep. But the important question is, will the sheep accept him? This guy's running <laughs> through the night. Yeah. Here's the sheep waiting. And, yes, he received from that sheep and we receive from each other. It cannot mm-hmm. be a one-way transaction. When you transact, you push people away. And when you have nothing to transact with, your arms are open and you begin relationship.
0: And that's what yeah. happened to me. Wow. That's great. So w- when that happened to you, then how did that germinate into all the things that you're doing now? What was the, what was the transitions? Because uh, how long ago did that happen Because it tells me a lot has gone on since that point in time. It
1: happened about 15 years ago. My brother Ernie asked if he could come up to our congregation. And through all my judgment, finally, together we went. And people fell in love with uh, Ernie. And soon I realized that he's falling in love with me. And Uh, I loved all that love. I loved it. I wanted to drink from that cup as much as I possibly could, Bruce. And Ernie gave me something that in my 40 years of walking this earth, Jesus was hoping that I would experience because it transformed me. Ernie gave me purpose. Ernie saved me from indifference. Ernie helped me see that I could have the life that God envisioned for me, which is the best life. And that is being in relationship with people who are different, being open to it, and starting to share Relational and social capital, which is being in relationship with others in a reciprocal way, reciprocity, learning mm-hmm. to receive, and then opening up social capital, all these networks. My brother had a broken down truck at the shelter. If the truck got fixed, he could go to work, but uh. the truck couldn't get fixed. But I, I will say I probably sent my mechanic to to Hawaii I don't know how many times. And Uh my car was always fixed well, but in all those years it needed work. And we we began to realize that we could reach out to mechanics, to dentists in our network, to people. We were in relationship, and they were called in the same way. And when they were able to give what they knew and what they learned, rather than just saying, hey, please just write a check and we'll go away, in, in open table we say, what we want is what you know or who you know. Come
0: and give it and you'll never want to leave this new community of giving. Yeah, it sounds like a couple things. One, God melded your heart and took away the, the judgments that, if we're honest with ourselves, we all have biases and and we have those same kind of judgments and things at different levels and different ways. But he melded your heart, and then uh, he now has turned it into where you're you're actually living that abundant life, because it's in community with other people doing things for them, them doing things for you, and, and that's that's beautiful
1: thank you uh oh
0: please tell me how it uh went from the one situation to expanding out because you kind of you kind of hit on it with all the different people and and the abilities that we all really have to help somebody what tell me more about how that all came together to form the open table. People talk to one another. I think that
1: a lot of times we we don't remember that there weren't a whole lot of healings that have led to 2 billion followers. And so people saw them and talked, and it spread throughout the earth. And so I think for Open Table, in a very small way, um, people put this on Facebook and people talk to people at other congregations. The research we have says that um, more than 80% of the people who serve on these tables share their experience with people outside of their congregation. And so that's how movements get created. And the gospel is, Exodus for me is the first movement, and then the gospel is the continuation of that movement from freedom into the relationships that build free communities. Mm -hmm. And so um, lots of people started to call and come around it, and soon, national experts and people with all kinds of skills came around. And I I was a business person. I didn't know anything about theory of change and, you know, creating an evidence base. And all of a sudden, um, we had researchers. We we were able to create an online open table university to train people. We had fidelity tools people can use to measure how well their table is functioning. And with all of that came opportunities to train it in 27 states, to work with best practice organizations, uh, partner with government and business, and train all kinds of people to do this. And I, I think that spiritually, for me personally, and, mm-hmm. and I say here that in Open Table, we ask permission from each other to share from who we are, that Jesus' table was certainly an economic table. Of different kinds of people, socioeconomically, but I mm-hmm. believe it was also meant to be diverse—that anybody yeah. with any belief system could come at that table, and mm-hmm. and share and see how we model life. And um, so, open table is a collection of all kinds of all kinds of people who share a purpose, and the purpose is transformation of poverty, the transformation of ourselves. And that's the hardest part to be ready for. And in doing so, through our purpose, taking control of our own community so that everybody can live a better life and we can all live in a common good.
0: That kind of leads me to thoughts along the lines. Can you tell us some of the examples that you've seen of how this is working out there? Because it's obviously spreading. It's obviously working. Do you have some specifics that you could share with us that that give us a better idea how this has helped somebody along or helped a community? Oh, definitely. Uh,
1: Thank you for the opportunity to do that. There is a young woman in Virginia who was served on a table she was a youth who had uh transitioned out of the foster care system and um she came off her table and i don't know how many different homes she lived in um significant and just what all the data says you know about what the outcomes are but she came uh off her table and um she uh wrote me a thank you card she got uh my name and uh she wrote and sent this beautiful card and When I looked at it, it it just said to me, she's an artist. Uh And uh, so I was able to call her, and I commissioned a painting asking her to paint what she sees as her experience in Open Table. Mm. And she painted this beautiful painting of bright colors and powerful, and she named it Gratitude. And if you heard her story, you might say, that because of all that she went through, gratitude would not be part of her vocabulary. Mm -hmm. But she expressed a gratitude through that art that I had never seen or experienced. And her gratitude was to all of the people on her table and all the people involved. I saw that and I said to her, you know, did you ever think about designing a Christmas card? Because Uh if you designed a card, you, you could sell these cards and you could, start a small business. And so with the help of her table, even though the table is over, our um, independent data says that these relationships last at least two years is the longest longitudinal data we have. And we know, of course, they last longer. They helped her get a business license and she uh, learned to use accounting software. She designed the cards and um, she made $3,000. Wow. And that painting, her cards communicated, and all of a sudden, because of this experience and the social capital and relational capital around her that she could draw on, mm-hmm. she became a card business. So it's <laughs> like, watch out, Hallmark, she's on the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. Hey, let me just stop you real quick. And, and for those listening, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Define relational capital or assets uh, for us. Okay. Probably this
1: is the best way. When we step out of all of our financial and purchased assets, we step Mm -hmm. out of our home, step out of our 401K, step out of our credit cards, step out of our closed closets, and just walk out with nothing, what we have left are the things that God gave us. Mm-hmm. One is the the ability and need to be in relationship with each other. That's not purchased. It's given. It's not earned. It's an original gift that never goes away. And the gift is that we need each other. We need to be for each other or we can't survive. And so that's ba- the baked-in need to create community. I think what Jesus wants us to realize is that We have to go way beyond where we are to find people we don't know who are different and experience doing that gift and having that gift. We build separated communities, and we never travel with that gift. Mm -hmm. The other part is social capital. Social capital is what comes from relational capital. Once we have relationships, we start to have a network of people with different skills, different learning people who do different services, people who are connected to other people. And so all of a sudden, we have this huge wealth of relationships and connections. And if we step back, we can realize that all the stuff we left behind, the 401k, the job, the house, almost all of that came from people who were in relationship with us and connections because that's how we built our lives. Mm -hmm. And so those are... The relational assets that are given to us that will never run out, we just have to travel with them to meet other people who are different, and then the whole thing changes from where we all are right now to something really beautiful.
0: Looking at the, the table, now we've given instance of somebody who came into the table and got the benefits of the table. Now, if you have an example of what the people at the table, what you've seen transform in them, because, you know, I couldn't help but think of the picture of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, we always look at the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, but what to me is striking is that the disciples all had baskets of food left over for them, which to me is a picture that God took care of the people in plenty, but he also well took care of those that served. And and that kind of reminds me of your picture here. Here you are helping somebody, but how much you get back is just unbelievable. So maybe you can take that into you know, some example there with, with the people at the table and what they get from it.
1: I think there are a couple levels. Um, man, you've got me uh, very emotional with this question. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part is that when you do this work, and you sit across the table from somebody who's giving this incredible gift to you, Mm -hmm. I think that you feel or you're part of Jesus walking in Jerusalem with all of the crowds around him with the hope that they have, but he also feeling the despair and the hurt that comes from the abandonment by the rest of society. And so he carried that and in a way in this process we carry some of that too and we carry it forever and i think it hurts and we want to turn away from it but without having that yeah without having that we really can't go to the other side which is desire to share with others what that is about and to try and repurpose everybody that we can talk to Everybody will tell you that this is hard, and it's hard because we've been gypped into a life of indifference, mm-hmm. and I think that when we get to sit in Bible study and um, talk about what evil is, mm-hmm. to me the greatest victory that evil can have is the creation of a society of indifference so that all of the people who could be part of our communities and changing us and bringing ideas and creating innovations, and we just lose half of our community. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's going to be hard to answer the the question of, why were you indifferent to all of my children you drove by who just needed what you know or who you know?
0: Yeah. I interviewed, uh, I don't know if you know Verlin Fosner. Uh, Dinner Church is really kind of what he Mm -hmm. got going on. In Seattle, and and that's what his story is. His story is that he he would drive through this what he called a sore neighborhood, a lot of hurting people, uh, to get to his church. He was driving by, and he said he felt like it was like in slow motion sometimes. And he knew God was trying to tell him something. And somewhere along the line, he said, God God had him look at a person and said, Do you think he's going to come to your church? And Verlin realized, No, I need to I need to come to them. And, oh my gosh. And, And that's where he, without telling anybody, moved into that area and didn't tell anybody he was a pastor or anything, and then just in a community center, just started doing free dinners. And it went from a couple people to within six months, they had filled the place. And somebody said, you know, you should be a pastor. (laughs) And he said, you know, I'd never told anybody what I did. (laughs) You know, that's kind of what you're talking about, you know. It's it's those relationships that are the key. I mean, that's really what Christianity's not a not a religion. It's a relationship, and and that's what you're Amen, you're brother. promoting. Yeah. Uh, anything that you find tries to interfere. The indifference, obviously, is a key one. I agree with you. That's where evil wins so heartily. But anything else you see that uh, keeps people away from doing this, or that you're that you, absolutely. Yeah, I
1: think that one of the greatest contributors to indifference is statistics and numbers. And Mm -hmm. I know that we need them for critical and important things and understanding. But it's when you're at the grassroots level and you say there are 50 million people experiencing this, there's generational poverty, everywhere you look there are people in need, there are people that want stuff from you, um, you're scared of talking to people. You're judgmental. You're not open. And all of a sudden, this giant number becomes a Goliath. And <laughs> yeah. what we need to see and what we talk about an Open Table is if you helped one person with a child, if that family moves from poverty, mm-hmm. the chances are very good that for a thousand generations, the children that come from that child will themselves not be in poverty. Wow. That's, that's that's how God counts it.
0: Wow. You, I can t- feel your heart, how much it hurts for the people and, and and feels for them and your empathy. What do you do and what gets you buoyed to keep this going inside of you and not, not go, oh, I'm just overwhelmed by all this? Or what What do you do when you do feel like you're getting overwhelmed?
1: I've been in relationship uh, with Ernie, the man who I met and gave me purpose and mm-hmm. um We've been in a relationship 15 years. We text each other every morning and every evening Uh um, just to let each other know that we're here. Ernie knows quite a lot about me, and I I know about him. And Mm -hmm. so his presence in my life is what I reach for. Um, The young woman who has done the cards, same thing. Reach out uh, to each other, share what's going on. And the relationships that are created in this, along with table members and other people I've met, that that is what is life-giving. Mm-hmm. And when you become vulnerable to others knowing about you, and in reciprocity, if you're vulnerable, then you can receive help and strength from anybody. And that's a big piece of what Open Table creates when. Uh, We have a time and open table at the very beginning called break into the bread Mm -hmm. when the table members and the brother and sister um, uh, have a meal and then they go to a private place because kids and spouses and everybody comes to the meal. And just the table members answer one question, which is why have you decided to help somebody for a year who you don't even know? What comes out of that? is a witness to all of the challenges that people face in their lives that are really causing them to do this. People might say they lost a son or daughter to addiction or they were in poverty, they overcame a health issue, and all of a sudden this gets to be a community where we can be vulnerable and safe and heal each other through relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's just a new way of living that gives incredible strength when when you're indifferent you're not only indifferent to people who may be experiencing poverty you are indifferent to the opportunity to receive from others in a way that can give you strength forever
0: Harkens back to that acts too the fact that jesus the goal there and that the disciples realized was the community and relationships are the key and and you can't be a lone ranger Christian, you might say, out there and have that because you, you don't have anything to fall back on. You don't have anybody to help you up. We were supposed to be close enough that all that was possible and, and we'd know each other's lives well enough and what we were struggling with that we could help one another. And and so I really appreciate you sharing all that, John. That's fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Bruce, for this
1: opportunity. Being able you know, to talk to anybody is a miracle for
0: me. Oh, that's great. Uh, coming to a close here, I, I want to ask you: What else can you tell people about Open Table, getting involved? Where do they look? What can they do? Because this is, this is just a fabulous thing to keep growing, and I see it happening in our church through Tina Houston building it out, and my wife's involved. And and so, what can people do?
1: Right now, um, I think that the important thing is that um, when Jesus sent out the disciples. They were to go to every place where people were, not just church, but places of business, to law firms, accounting firms, healthcare systems. In Virginia, we just had a beauty salon and a small auto repair. The employees and owners of those organizations are creating tables. This message and any message where we are modeling the gospel, that we are sharing with people that no matter what their belief system is, that we can have a shared purpose around transformation, is thinking about how to, how to bring an opportunity to create this kind of transformation to every sector in our community. Don't just think that this is a church program Jesus intended modeling the gospel to be flowing into every part of society and I think this is a great opportunity to do this. We're not trying to bring a religion to business. We are trying to show business that giving this opportunity to its employees to go and transform their communities will make the business more productive and more effective and the business itself can be a cornerstone in true community transformation.
0: Well said, and amen to all that. Uh, we'll make sure that on our website we put up the information Thank to get you. a hold of the yeah, open table. And, you know, I think one of the other things that strikes me about what you're doing, and I'll close with this and you, you can add on whatever, but is that you may think, I can't, I can't help. I don't have a skill or an ability. And yet you're, you're not called into the table, as I understand it, that, that to know everything. It's that you do have something to give just out of that relational asset that you bring and that's what you share. Does that
1: sound correct? That sounds very correct and right on target and um I mean I could not have said that better and what I would like to add to it is is all of my words today are my personal experience and my personal beliefs that grow out of this in every movement movements become authentic when there are a diversity of people, of experiences, and people have experiences and see them through their own needs and how they want to transform. We all come together at the table around the individual or family who we are serving, Mm -hmm. but all of us get changed in different ways, and that's why the table is so important. And I just want to say this. This cannot be just a Christian movement if a society of many different belief systems are going to have a shared purpose and say, we'll leave things behind so that everybody in this community can have the life they envision. Isn't our God and whatever your belief system is, is that the primary purpose to have the life that the creator has envisioned for us? Mm-hmm. And if we believe that, and even if we don't believe, to be able to say, I want everybody to live well in my community, come to the table. I mean, mm-hmm. that is job number one.
0: <laughs> yep. It's a beautiful witness to everybody around, and I love your perspective. And you know, just want to say thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And I look forward to probably doing something in the future. That would be great if we could.
1: Bruce, thank you. I'm thankful to uh, Tina to be introduced to you and the way that you think. I've heard my first podcast of many, and it, it says so much about you that you'd be willing to open up to this thought process that I may have. Thank you for inviting witness.
0: All right. Well, God bless John, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, brother.